Welcome to the Prairie City United Methodist Church Sermon Podcast. Here's the latest message from Pastor John Bailey. Welcome to everyone who might be new to this sanctuary or been here longer than I have, but we welcome you to this space as we worship together tonight. One of the things I want us to get into the habit of when we come together on Saturday nights or on Sunday is actually picking up a Bible or looking at the passage. And so maybe you have the Bible in front of you in the pew and you know where Hebrews is. Maybe you need a cheat sheet. It's in the front of the Bible with where Hebrews is. Or maybe you have a phone with you and you can go to BibleGateway.com and pull up the passage that we read tonight. But we're going to be talking about Hebrews. This is chapter 11, verses 29 through chapter 2, verses 2, verses 2. And so I'll give you a second to go and look at that. We welcome you to this space to think about what faith looks like in our lives, what faith might look like in our lives. As you're turning to that page, as you're turning to it, I want you to think of all those people that came before you. Maybe it was somebody in your life that was uh, special to you who introduced you to what it meant to have a deeper faith. Maybe it was a Sunday school teacher. Maybe it was somebody that when you came to church, they, they took special care with a smile, with maybe a hug. Maybe they told you that God loves you and cares for you. Or maybe it was somebody in your family who said, I'm praying for you. I care about you. I want you to have the best. And they ushered you into this deeper understanding of faith. This deeper understanding of faith. If you have somebody in your life that was doing that, I want you to think about them. Think about their smile. Think about their presence. Think about what they meant to you. As we pray to God right now over this passage, So will your hearts be in an attitude of prayer? Lord, we thank you so much for those that have gone before us that have ushered us into what faith looks like. We thank you so much for the experiences that you have given us that have warmed our hearts, that have expanded our knowledge of you, but have also brought us down to the ground level of the simplicity of what your message can mean for us. We thank you so much for those that have shown us what God's love looks like and continue to do so years and years later. Lord, as we look at this passage today, let the meditations of my heart and what is on my mind be pleasing and acceptable to you. In your name, amen. When we think of the passage today, I was thinking about what the presence of story does in our lives. And so we live in a cold that might be on media things. Is this FOMO is? Eric, what is FOMO? The fear of missing out, right? So this fear of missing out on something that you could have experienced, that you could have been part of, that maybe if somebody would have invited you to be part of it, maybe if somebody would have given you the chance, you would have been introduced into something, an experience that you wouldn't have had before. A fear of missing out keeps us trying great. One of the things I can tell you is to be reduced to and be videos and reduced to just a few sentences posted online, stories become important. Stories become vitally important because those those stories provide a connection for us to something that's more. Think about it. 
How many times has somebody told you a story that you're like, I wish I was part of that. I wish I would have been part of that. We live in a day and age when stories are important. And we see it in the rise of book sales, which was interesting to me. They have shown us we value authentic, real, and meaningful stories. The passage today, as we think about where faith is with us, is all about the stories. It's all about the stories. Think about how it starts in the passage today. By faith, by faith, by faith. And it tells story after story of people that had gone before, and we know that the, the people, the Hebrews, the, the, this letter being written to these people, we know that they value these stories. So I like to do a little teaching uh, in this service, and so I'm going to give you a little bit of understanding about Hebrews. We don't know who wrote Hebrews. What we do know is this. It's like a very long sermon, all right? We're on chapter 11 of this sermon, and we don't know if it was a set of sermons smashed together or if it was just one very long one, but it's like a pastor or a person who cares deeply about this congregation reaching out to him, not just in a letter like other things are, but as a sermon, as, as telling them, you know, I care about you and think about these things. We know these are people that are persecuted, they're people that have been persecuted both by the Romans as they had been cast in and killed in the Colosseum, but also persecuted as they went out into the, to the realm. They've gone, grown weary with their Christian faith. They were told that the second coming of Jesus Christ is going to come quickly. Don't worry about it. Adhere to the Christian faith. And here it is years later. And they're trying to live out what it means to be faithful. They're trying to live out what it means to be faithful in Christ. But for some reason, it becomes weary to them, worn out. They've got friends and family that are saying, why are you doing this? And they're pulling them away from the church. They're pulling them away from the community. Some people feel the tension between persecution and what they can do. And some have totally left the community altogether. They've grown weary and worn, and they start neglecting what it means to be part of the community. The writer here talks in the middle of this hardship that we are here to love one another, to care for one another, to uplift one another, and he tries to talk into a time and a community that over time has become less confident, less enthusiastic, and less cohesive. I don't know if you've ever experienced this or know any community that might be in a similar situation. But I think it's interesting that when I think of the church today, I think there's a lot that we can learn from Hebrews. Because this sermon, this, this person who's the writer, as he preaches to them, he preaches to them about things that they know. 
And this is a community that knows the Old Testament, at least the first five books of the Old Testament, what we would call the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, the Tanakh. He, they know the stories of those. And it would be like these stories were so familiar to them. It would be like if you got together with a family gathering, maybe it's you have a great family gathering every year at a certain time, or maybe it's 4th of July, or maybe it's Thanksgiving, or maybe it's Christmas, and you're all sitting around the table and you share a story. Hey, you remember when aunt so-and-so did this and and everybody around the table has a, a shared experience there, a meaningful shared experience that seems to uplift them or they can talk about it on a level. It's when that crazy uncle did that or this, and you think about how that made you feel. And the writer of this knows his community well enough to know that they have this experience and the stories that are shared. They're not just Sunday school stories to these people. Beautiful and put on a painting on the wall. They have a deeper meaning to them. And these stories carry weight for they talk to them about what we can do when we have faith. And they're troubled stories and they're good stories and they're bad stories. And they're stories that are complex. They're stories that talk about people that did things really well, but sometimes did things really wrong, but they talk about what we can do by faith. And so listen to these stories. Once again, that he talks about the writer says by faith, they crossed the red sea as if they were on dry land by faith, Jericho's walls fell after the people marched around them. By faith, Rehab, the prostitute, wasn't killed with the disobedient because she was welcomed, the spies in peace. By faith, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jebediah, David, Samuel, and the prophets did their work. And by faith, they escaped from captivity and went into freedom and they escaped the sword and found strength and weakness and were mighty and were routed aground foreign armies. By faith, women received back their dead by the resurrection. It seems like faith is the crucial thing here, that if we have faith, there's amazing things that can be done. And so I want us to talk about faith for a second here and what that mean, what might mean for us. As we think of the writer who is reminding and retelling the stories of who had gone before, asking them to live out their faith on God's promises and laying out a path of endurance for others to follow. He mixes wins and losses, this writer, and reminds us of the messiness of life. I don't know what has happened in your life this week, but I can guarantee you there's been good moments and joyful moments. There's been hard moments and messy moments and frustrating moments. And in that's how life is. So how do we get through all those things? 
How do we go through all those things and still on the other side have a perspective, a lens to look through that allows us to see joy and thanksgiving and gratitude? I think it is faith. And the first thing that we need to know about faith is that it is not a noun. It is a verb. Faith is something that is an action. It's something that's lived out. It is a process rather than a possession. Listen to that. It's a process rather than a possession. Faith is not about being able to spit out some dogma or some memory verses or being theologically sound in this point where you can argue with others. Faith is more than that. Faith is not being sure where we're going, but going anyway and knowing that the journey is part of what faith is. It's a journey without maps. Sometimes we step into the mystery of who God is in faith and allow God to guide us and transform us and mold us and meld us to something that might allow us to resemble the love of God a little bit closer. Faith need not be blind. And when it is blind, it is destructive. However, faith does not require proof for action. Rather, it suspends a desire for evidence to search out what is the unknown and the mystery. It is not a blind pursuit. I can't say this enough. Faith is not blind. It's not shutting off our heart or our mind to where God is, but rather it's opening them up to allow ourselves to live into where God is moving in our lives. Paul Tillich, a wonderful theologian said that doubt isn't the opposite of faith. It is an element of faith. Sometimes within the Christian church, though, we forget that we try to make it about what you can learn. And faith is about going to the right Bible study, going to the right worship service, hearing the right sermon and having these profound knowledge in your head about what God looks like and is like. I have learned in my life as I have struggled with that. I love theology. But what I've learned is, is faith is more about the experiences it's more about those things that we share together that allow us to step a little bit more into the divine and the mystery of the divine and know a little bit more about where God is leading us. Frederick Beekner talks about faith, not being about proof. It's about being, about being those experiences. He says about friendship. He says, I have a friend and I know a friend and I can't prove that that person is my friend. It's very hard to prove that other than what they say, right? They say, I am your friend. Well, he's Frederick Beekner says, what if that friend has ulterior motives? What if that friend is just after my stuff or my money? I can only go on what the feeling is when I'm around that friend. And I know when I'm around that friend, I have this feeling where, that we are together, that there's anything we can do together. And that I know that in the quiet moments, I don't need to fill them because in somehow in being together that we're allowing our friendship to grow. Frederick Beekner says that almost nothing that makes any real difference can be proven 
He says, sure, you can prove the law of gravity by throwing a shoe out the window. And you can prove that the world is round if you're clever enough by and allow yourself to see that light travels faster than sound and radio waves and prove those things. But you cannot prove that life is better than death or that love is better than hate. It's very hard to prove that greatness of the great or the beauty of the beautiful. And it's very hard to prove our own free will. Maybe even our own heroic act, our truest love, our deepest thought. Faith can't prove a darn thing, Frederick says, or a blessed thing. But we know that when we have faith, it can guide us in amazing ways. When we think about faith and think about how it guides us, I think one of the parts that this writer is talking about to this Christian community is reminding us is that faith is best when it is sought after in community and not just alone, that somehow in the midst of faith and this journey, we journey together, not alone. That somehow when we have that ability to step into the mystery together, that we're able to find that our doubt strengthens us because we search it out and we have those experiences that lift us up and let us find something good. Rachel Held Evans, who passed away this last spring, a brilliant Christian writer, theologian, and someone who reaches the divide between fundamentalism and progressivism. The progressive social justice church and the fundamental evangelical church, and she bridges that divide. She talks about her certainty in the answers and that through doubt, she found faith. She says, I used to think that the measure of true faith is certainty, doubt, ambiguity, nuance, uncertainty. These all represented a lack of conviction, a dangerous weakness in the armor of the Christian soldier. Always be ready, she said with an answer. But she says, doubt is a difficult animal to master because it requires, listen to this, that we learn the difference between believing in God and doubting where we believe. She goes on to say, at our best, Christians embrace faith, leaving enough space within our orthodoxy and our doctrine for God to surprise us every once in a while. Faith is like relaxing in the presence of God, in the presence of someone you are certain is fond of you, in the presence of somebody you know loves you and cares about you, and relaxing in that and feeling that you're open to be creative and spontaneous and feeling free that you might allow time to go by in that presence and not even know it. Faith is that time of getting together and trusting on God's presence and promises. 
But most importantly, faith is always there to uplift the community. It's held tight and promoted by the community. Now, here's the thing. Nadia Bowles Weber's husband says that a lot of times we say, God won't give you more than you can handle. Have you heard that before? He says that he's from Texas and he says, this might be better said, God won't give y'all more than you can handle. Because in the Christian community, when we live by faith, we are allowed, allowing ourselves to support one another, to uplift one another, and to show one another that God's presence is there to allow us to do great things. It encourages us and excites us into something new. It is a team sport. You go through all these stories about Old Testament characters that by faith, they went with the community and did great things. That ability to join in the journey of God, go off the map, find a new map and allow God to guide us and nurture us into something new. And the community allowed them to do that. Not just one great person, but a community of faith. And this is why at the end of this, as we think about where he leads us, this writer, we're reminded of the race. The writer knows that the community would know what a Greco-Roman race looked like, a marathon looked like, but binds the community together as running partners. You might not know this, but my brother is a runner. He runs ultra marathons. And on the weekend, those are 50 to more miles. It's a marathon. And he, on the weekends, runs so much that he gets tired of running by himself. And so without even signing up for a local marathon of 20-some miles, he'll find one and just run his regular route and then join in with them so that he can run beside others because he gets so bored of running by himself that he wants others to run beside. This is what faith in this writer is talking about. That if we try to see that faith is a individual sport, an individual pursuit, we will quickly become tired and discouraged and downtrodden And we will quickly fall off the map and the journey will be done. But when we realize that we run beside others, that when those hardships happen in our life, that God somehow uses the voice of others to lift us up, to encourage us. Sometimes it's even just somebody sitting beside us and listening when we've had a bad day. But sometimes it's like those persons that you thought of before who may be Sunday school teachers. They might have been the person who came in and gave you that lesson, or maybe they were that one that gave you that hug, or maybe they were that one that when you were a teenager told you that you are worth something. Or maybe they're that one that when you came in off the street and you had a hard week, your job wasn't right. The family had a fight, whatever it might be. They said, God loves you. We uplift and encourage each other in that community. The motion of faith, the motion of faith allows us within the community 
to find great things so that we can fill in the blank by faith. This was accomplished. My hope is, is that this is a place that lives by faith. I think sometimes when we think about the Christian church, we think that they need the Christian church is defined by faith and that without it, we can't accomplish anything. But listen, I don't mean that we don't have enough doctrine because we have plenty of that. What I mean is that faith is allowing ourselves to journey with one another. My hope is that here in this place at Prairie City United Methodist Church, we journey with one another in times of learning, but times of experience as well. So that we can have those moments that we share around the table when we get together as a family to say, hey, you remember that crazy time when X happened? You remember that time when silly Pastor John did that? Or you remember that time when so-and-so in the community, they spoke and they said something and we all felt like we belonged? That shared moment sought after in the journey and the stories. By faith, we can accomplish amazing things together. Thanks for listening to the Prairie City United Methodist Church Sermon Podcast. If you enjoyed the message you just heard, feel free to share it with a friend. And if you're ever in the Prairie City, Iowa area, we'd love for you to join us for a service. They're held every Saturday night at 6 and Sunday mornings at 9. For directions or to learn more about the church, go to facebook.com slash PCIowaUMC. That's facebook.com slash PCIowaUMC. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.